This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not I got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, it's Monday, 13 February, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, it is going to be uh, an intense week, okay? Your Super Bowl's over. Put it away. We got work to do. Um, number one, you've had a, um, you've had a uh, head of NORAD, a four-star general, who's also Northern Command, come out yesterday and actually say, we can't rule out aliens when we look at uh, these, uh, these um, objects that we're shooting down. Can't rule it out. And you got the pilots giving conflicting uh, testimony. The American people are not being dealt with straight. We're not getting real-time information. And I can tell you they are trying to change a narrative. It's quite obvious what they're doing. They're trying to pivot. And the reason is everything they touch turns to crap. Okay, so they have to be able to pivot. You know, in the State of the Union speech, he has to literally go and cut and paste, cut and paste um, the um, – the parts of that come right from President Trump's economic nationalism, absolutely cut and pasted to drop in to get all these applause. Then have guys like Josh Marshall, talking points member, say, "Yeah, that's really Scranton Joe really represents the working class," and that's because they understand what you need to do in this nation today to win. Okay, politics is turning populist. Why? Because the American people are awakening to a fact, to the fact that on their shoulders everything rests. Okay. Yet they pay for it. They pay for it through taxes. They pay for their pension funds are all used to to support all this. Right. While while the jobs ship away, while their kids don't have great jobs and great opportunities. Right. While while the entire culture is woke, driven by the woke corporations. Right. Of of Larry Fink and uh, and BlackRock. Uh, and with all the ESG and Disney, all of it, you see the you see the uh, the Super Bowl yesterday, a disgrace. I, it's not worthy of my time to go into it, but that shows you what corporate America is going to do. And it's not the players. I said this on Friday shortly. It's not the players. It's it's not even the NFL. The NFL is just a bunch of bureaucrats. It's the owners. It's the owners. This is the problem we got. We have these unaccountable billionaires. Right, who are totally woke because they all want to be accepted in the Hamptons. They want to be accepted in Hollywood. They want to go to the, you know, on Scottsdale. They want to all go wine and dine and hang out together and not be called out for standing up for something. So they're just going to go with the flow. Remember, money has no courage. It doesn't. Money has no courage. Zero. I've seen it up close and personal for years. These wealthy guys will just do what they got to do to continue to be wealthy, to get more powerful, and to just go with the flow. They're never going to stand up. Right. If Trump's hot, they'll back Trump. As soon as Trump's not hot, boom, gone. Right. And right now they are absolutely 1000 percent anti-Trump. Just understand that anti-Trump from the Cokes all the way across the board, the singer to Ken Griffin, the whole, you know, the whole deal, the whole deal. So this is why people go, well, Bannon, you can't talk about tax increases until you get this thing to a surplus, until you get the Federal Reserve to stop printing money. 
in destroying you and your financial well-being and your family and your children and your grandchildren? You think I have any problem whatsoever taxing the oligarchs? No, I do not. If they're going to be the ones in back of the supporting all this woke madness and benefiting from all this fiscal domination and deficit spending and benefiting from the Federal Reserve, no, I don't have. And you're taking the brunt of it? You think I have? You think I'm going to go Grover Norquist? No, I am certainly not. And I'm not talking about rich people, and I'm not talking about wealthy people, and I'm not talking about the upper middle class. No, I'm talking about the oligarchs, and there's plenty of there. There's plenty there right now. The, the, the revolutionary generation, the founders of this nation would come back and spit on the floor to see what we've allowed to happen to this country as far as concentration of power, which is what they fought a revolution against, the concentration of that type of power, mercantilist power with a worthless landed aristocracy, right? Because now we have an aristocracy of the wealth handed down generation to generation. Okay, um, this uh, situation on the Third World War, we have to start facing it like adults. And you're being lied to and mis- And this is the problem I got right now with the House. They have got to start to demand that people go on the record. We need people on the record for exactly what they're talking about. And we need very precise information. Seth Keschel, uh, your professional career, you were an Army intelligence officer. Were you not, sir? I was Army Captain, S2 of a Cav Squadron, Assistant S2 of a Striker Brigade. And and weren't you stationed one time in Alaska? I was, Fort Wainwright, Alaska. 1st Brigade, 25th Infantry Division. Seth, when, when, when things like it, it coming into the airspace of the United States and, and what NORAD does and what uh, Northern, Northern Command as the combatant commander for Alaska and for the lower 48, uh, people talk in very precise language. When, when commands are coming down, things are being monitored, things are being tracked, both intel, whether that intel is with the Air Force, whether it's with the Navy, whether it's with the Army, and when you've got places like Montana and you, the Air Force with the where they may call part of this a space force now, but it's all the same thing. You guys deal in, in, in understanding it's the fog of war. You can't understand anything. But, but the language is pretty precise, is it not, sir? It is, yes. Every threat taken seriously. Alaska in particular is key for the Pacific Command. When I was there, this was 10 years ago, all eyes were on that theater. China, of course, was very aggressive taking over in the South China Sea, they've got the ability to build makeshift islands at sea to house their growing Navy. And of course, if you want to talk about Alaska specifically, China's all after the Arctic along with Russia, and they're way ahead of us in the ability to control the resources and the expansion of Arctic operations as well. So everything having to do with Alaska or pertaining to missile defense is a serious threat and taken very seriously, just like you said. When you have this concept, tell me what this concept, domain awareness gap. We, we spend $848 billion in the defense budget. You throw in another $80 billion for all the intel, so I'm up over 900 And by the way, I throw Department of Energy in for the nuclear reactors. If I kick a few more things in from other departments that are actually supporting national security, DHS, all that, I'm over a trillion bucks, okay? It's a trillion a year, one T. Give me – it's a one, one T large, okay? Um, how can we possibly have a domain awareness gap on something like these uh, these airships, which are not just for intelligence gathering? Hey, you know, Comer said it and they mocked him. Hey, you could put a bioweapon in there. You could spread chem- – you could do anything you want on these things. How How can you have a domain awareness gap, sir? We've fallen behind in our ability to 
to have an advantage in intelligence. And of course, taking taking a lot of our enemies or rival nations for granted across the world where we waged war in Iraq or Afghanistan for decades has really ground down the readiness of our military. And that would not just be the Army and the Marines, but of course our intelligence apparatus, including the Air Force. And the graphic I sent over to you guys shows the NORAD command has a pretty pretty definitive grip on the fact that the balloon that was sent over was programmed on a on a predestined route. And you can see there it comes across over Japan and across the Aleutian Islands into Alaska. And you can see that it goes just north of Fort Wainwright and Fort Greeley. Fort Greeley being very important. Fort Greeley is pretty much the gateway for ICBM defense, anti anti-missile it's a shield for the entire continent. Fort Greeley, of course, is a, it doubles as the cold weather training center for the Army, but it is a big deal that, that potentially this balloon was equipped with special antenna to collect SIGINT on those installations. Fort Wainwright and Fort Richardson, now called J-Bear down in Anchorage, are key for the Pacific Command and Rapid Response. And then going across Canada and sweeping over the Great Plains of the Pacific Northwest is a very interesting thing because Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana, Warren Air Force Base in Wyoming and Minot in North Dakota are the three Air Force installations that house the Minuteman III ICBM. And then sweeping through there into Offutt Air Force Base, Nebraska, right over it, which is key for electronic warfare and reconnaissance operations. And then to Whiteman Air Force Base and through the east, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Those are two, if not the two most important Army bases there are that house the 101st Airborne and the 82nd Airborne, which are rapidly deployable 96-hour combat divisions. So this reconnaissance mission is absolutely something that is deliberate. And it was designed to exploit our weaknesses and vulnerabilities and collect key information and intelligence on our readiness. And that is a very frightening thing with the current situation in the White House. Captain Castro, um, that is not following the jet stream. That That is not a way a balloon or an airship would naturally blow with the easterly wind, the prevailing winds, right? Th- that was programmed and they had the ability to cause over... Uh, Montana, I think it was for a day or two. The, re- the reason Billings guy got it, it was it was in rotation over the ICBM fields there. Um, but I just want to make sure you correct that. That's that was somehow steered. That did not. That did not. The winds just didn't take it around the that route you you just said. Correct. Correct. And the Chinese also were very adamant that this was a meteorological expedition that got off course. Of course, we're talking about a nation that, as I said, can build makeshift islands at sea in the South Pacific and then exploit for resources, tiny African and Caribbean nations projecting all that economic force across the world. But you're trying to tell me that they can't steer a meteorological mission in the right direction. And it just happened to sweep across major missile defense installations, nuclear installations and reconnaissance installations with rapidly deployable units in them. That seems like a little bit of a coincidence to me. Uh, Captain Castro, this, the, the, the Chinese would assume, let's go back to the Aleutian Islands, that given our air defense uh, in NORAD and, and how even with a, a, an awareness gap, they, they've actually admitted they picked it up when it came across the Aleutians no later than the 28th of January. The Chinese knew that we hid this and didn't say anything about it until at least the second, I think the evening of the first or the morning of the second of February. 
what what would be their perception of that 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 nobody had until a, a journalist in Billings, Montana came out and took a photo because a buddy told him there's a UFO floating around uh, the airbase. Uh, what would be their perception of that? Do you think, sir, in the in the Sun Tzu's art of war? So I consider there to be two types of authority. Now, this would stem also to military command, but you have the legal authority guaranteed to somebody by rank or position, like the president of the United States, and then you have moral authority, which is earned, and that is something where people respect you, they follow you, they follow your leadership. So you have three, four days that elapse between this balloon being picked up over the Aleutians and then it coming into the news cycle, they have to see that as the White House and the DOD scrambling for an explanation to give to the people. And the first explanation they came out with was not to assess the threat or to detail the threat or to talk about solutions for that, but to find a way to bring Donald Trump into the situation. So they said, but Trump, here was the spy balloon threat under Trump. So trying to dismiss this rather than admitting that we are critically weak on what we actually need for actual defense of this nation as we've been exporting our military force to parts of the world that are frankly unconquerable, and they have been for all of time. Uh, Seth, um, if you were at up in um, Alaska, uh, by the way, we're going to go to break and I want to hold you. We've got about a minute. If you were up in Alaska when you were active duty and you cut CNN on and you saw NORAD giving a press conference where he said, we can't rule out alien craft, right? Would, would you and your buddies assume when you heard that, that somehow through the chain of command, you might go to a higher DEFCON uh, rating to, for more readiness? Would that be a logical conclusion if, if somebody actually thought this was an alien – they couldn't rule out that it was an alien craft for the first time in, wait for it, world history, sir? Well, if you had supporting information, data, and therefore intelligence that could suggest it, well, then it would be natural to elevate yourself to a higher position of readiness, just like we should have been in position to elevate to a higher position of readiness, knowing that an emerging world power is going to be seeking to exploit our intelligence vulnerabilities. So yes, if there were supporting, if there were supporting information and intelligence to justify that, then that's a natural step. Seth, why don't you hang on for a second? We're going to take a, a short commercial break. We're going to be back. we got Captain Seth Cashel. We have Ash Epp, who wrote this incredible piece about the precinct strategy. We're going to get to all that about uh, uh, Schultz and Stern and that entire crowd that's changing the country, doing the hard work it needs to save this republic. Also, the one and only Joe Allen. Short break. Back with Captain Seth Keschel in the war room. Just a moment. Despite the U.S. blowing through $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand, when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000, and it's only going to get worse. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king because it's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold 
and then talk to one of our precious metals specialists. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-M, to 989898. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today to get your free info kit. Take action. Use your agency. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay. Um, we need to have a partner's discussion, and we need to do it at CPAC. Go to cpac.org slash warroom. The entire production staff, most of our contributors are all going to be there for four days of uh, broadcasting. You're going to be part of the live TV and podcast audience, so make sure everybody's there. Hey, since we're number one rated by the uh, misinformation site by the New York Times, by the way, it only gave us 20% of the broadcast. I said, brother, when I was talking to the report, I said, dude, you clearly – now, I did stop in January 22, so it didn't take 20. I said, hey, you're not uh, – you guys aren't – you haven't looked at enough episodes because if it's about the vaccine or about Ukraine or about the election, I can go down the punch list. It's 100%. 100% New York Times certified. So make sure you come to – by the way, you get 47 bucks off. The ticket's under 250 If you're in the greater you know, mid-Atlantic region, we'd love to have you there. So you will make sure we interact with everybody. Go to cpac.org slash warm. You do not want to miss it. Also, the monumental launch of MyPillow 2.0. People are raving about this. And I know they're raving about it because our immediate staff, who doesn't get a lot of hours of sleep, are much more on the ball because they're sleeping on the MyPillow 2.0. This makes the original MyPillow, you know, look like early technology. Mike Lindell has put a lot of time, focus, energy, and capital into this. The big launch is going to have a bunch of commercials coming out next week, that famous commercial with the, the folks looking in the, uh, what, in the, uh, in the mirror. That's all going to come out next week. Make sure you go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. You get that right there in the square you got to buy one, get one free right now. Okay, plus you got all the other sales on the MyPillow product. Sleep the sleep of the just and sleep it on a MyPillow 2.0. Go check it out today. Captain Castro, you've been um, – you're, you're with the Calvary uh, unit up in Alaska. You've served also throughout the rest of the world. How, walk me through, given all the happy talk we heard from the administration, you know, now we have their – put out an alert this morning that all U.S. citizens must leave immediately, must leave Russia, okay? That's an escalation. In the intelligence world, would that be considered an escalation? Absolutely, and also you have some things that are showing you what the, what the true picture on the ground is. Recently, the Ukrainian government put out a warning for no aid workers to enter Bakhmut, despite the Ukrainian government's claims that they're holding ground, and of course that's their symbolic stronghold against the, the Russian invasion. Now, as we mentioned during the break, the Russians, of course, are bombarding that place, and the, the reason given is aid workers shouldn't enter because of street fighting. So they're not even able to secure basic areas of Bakhmut in which the, they were thought to be held and peaceful at this point. I think that's a sign that Bakhmut is getting ready to fall and, and a lot of the propaganda you see in the media drumming up support for every nation to oppose Russia is exactly that. It's more propaganda, just like we discussed with the Chinese spy balloon before the break. You saw where we put forward 31, we gave them 31 uh, 
M1, A1 Abrams tanks, the battle tanks, to quote-unquote lead a springtime offensive to then pivot and liberate Crimea. That was the talk two weeks ago. Given your experience, how tough do you think it is for the civilians in Bakhmut in those strategic hamlets? Because right now, two of the small villages outside Bakhmut are just under complete barrage by the Russian artillery. You know how good the Russians are on artillery, and they will drop some gross tonnage on you and not think twice about it. Uh, how tough do you think it is for the civilians in that general area right now, Captain Cashel? I think it's extremely difficult because the infrastructure in the area is being completely obliterated. You can find it really in some of the back channels of the Internet. You can find some channels in Telegram that have a lot of drone footage of the area. It's completely in ruins. And it's not so much that they're going to have access to more firepower with tanks or any sort of weaponry we send. But as every single military operation that has failed in in human history, going back beyond earlier, well earlier than Napoleon, if you cannot sustain your force, if you cannot have the beans and bullets if you cannot give them proper equipment and you're, you can't support the armor with infantry, then you're going to fail in the operation. So really, I consider that uh, to be really a bunch of gold plating that's not going to amount to much, us lending them so much firepower because they can't support that. In a combined arms operation, which is what the tanks give you, because you, you, it's not just a weapons platform, it's a whole different type of warfare. Is it feasible Sir, given the complexity of the M1A1 Abrams tank, that you can't have logisticians, American logisticians, maintenance, training, all of that around those tanks when they show up, uh, whether they're in defense of of these uh, villages and towns in eastern Ukraine or whether they really try to do a uh, combined arms operation to liberate Crimea. Is there any way you think in, in the in the short term, and by short term, I would say between now and the end of the year, that could be sustained by anything but military, American military personnel? That's what it would take to sustain the operation. Now, of course, the, the stakes of bringing Americans into that conflict, look at every war in Europe for the last 150 years. When one nation gets involved, it triggers all the alliances and it brings the whole world into what we've been discussing on the show is World War III scenario. So I don't believe that that is what is going to happen. I think there's a lot of posturing about the issue. But no, it, it would not be possible to push back and regain that lost ground, I think, without direct military involvement, which is why I, I, I am hopeful that that is not going to happen on our end. What, um, Seth, you've warned us because you spent the last couple of years of your life uh, turning your analytics ability to the election. Elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. Is this all the outcome of the catastrophic consequence? Is this the catastrophic consequence? A world, a world at war right now. Okay. Kinetic war right now. And when Steve Cortez talks about the Cuban Missile Crisis, this is much more dangerous than the Cuban Missile Crisis. Back in those days, I mean, you didn't really talk out loud about using tactical nuclear weapons on battlefield. They're throwing this back and forth all the time now when they talk about Ukraine. They're, 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 they're normalizing. They're making part of the conversation. We also didn't have a massive conflict going on like we'd have in the Ukraine, which looks like right now World War I. This is much more dangerous than the Cuban Missile Crisis we're in. We're, we're in it now. And the only question is, can we get out of this without going kinetic? That's the only question before us, and the Biden regime is pushing this every day, pushing us down there. Is this catastrophic consequence the the outcome of a stolen election in 2020, sir? 
Steve, the elections in this country, you can go all the way back to Boss Tweed. As long as we've had elections, there's been cheating. With the technology and the databases that are out there now, that's been exported to smaller counties and cities than were previously possible. And looking back at even 2018, the massive manipulation of elections appears to have begun in 2018 during Trump's midterm which looks like it should have been a red wave despite a Republican presidency. And yes, Donald Trump being removed from office in, a, in what amounts to a coup is certainly a key contributor to the state of the world today. Trump, of course, had to use military force in some cases. Remember, he blew away Kasim Soleimani at the beginning of 2020. But he was the first president in many, many years who did not initiate any new major theater conflicts or new wars. And stolen elections have consequences like this, and that is why I call it electile dysfunction, because it is truly a dysfunctional issue that brings about the worst in this country that it has to offer. And I would say that in a world free of election fraud, you would have probably 63 Republican Senate seats minimum and a supermajority in the House and a Republican president. And of course, we find ourselves at the at the precipice of, of massive darkness if we do not turn the tide on the election fraud with major reforms like the 10 points. Uh, Captain Keshwell, how do people get to you? Uh, what's your social media uh, coordinates? I am at Real S. Keschel on Getter and Truth Social. And on Substack, I am at skeschel.substack.com. Thank you. you can all great information today. Thank you. Can I, pl can I play the uh, cold open for Joe Allen? Do I have time? Let's play it. You know, when we were talking about uh, the, real, the reality that uh, nuclear weapons are on the table, three and two months ago, of course, that was derided. The general belief I had just comes from building a, a software business and seeing software in action in war, where software plus heroism can really slay the giant. We have a product that is not well known called MetaConstellation, and that product allows you to take, use algorithms on large data sets to hone in on adversaries over, say, for example, a whole country. And the integration of data from the infusion of data from satellite, telephones, other sources, classified sources, and then the disambiguation of that so people only see what they are allowed to see on the battlefield. Uh, the Ukrainians, without going into all details, but some of them, they, they, of course, went to the most important services in the world and said, okay, what should we use? And I'm very proud to hear they had one answer, Palantir. And then they, we were asked if we were willing to supply our product at philanthropically, basically, for free. And I was very in favor of this because our primary mission is, in fact, to set a global standard for the world for behavior. Um, uh, the product then allowed them, according to this article, to do targeting at, at a, a, with a, like a factor of 20 better. Concern over China's reach is being played out now in the waters around Taiwan. The future of AI plays a part in that equation. Today, the key and smartest chips in the world are built primarily in a company called TSMC in Taiwan. It looks to us like America is a few generations behind them, and it looks to us like China is a few generations behind America. China has also been trying to catch up, and they've spent billions and billions of dollars, and they haven't been able to do it. As tensions rise in the region, and US and Chinese militaries explore possible scenarios, the use of AI could give one side the edge. In general, part of the problem with, with AI and war is that everything's gonna happen faster. I'll give you an example. Let's imagine you're on a ship and you're a, a commander and you're intelligent and you're ready, and the computer says, 
There's a weapon coming at you. You can't see it. I recommend you press this button. And if you don't press this button, you will be dead. The odds of that human pressing that button are very, very high. This compression of time is a key problem we're going to face in our defense strategy. The compression of time. All next with Joe Allen, our head of all things transhumanism. Next in the war room. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CC. Fair warning. Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh no, I have title insurance. It's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Then register your address for your no obligation home title report. A hundred dollar value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code radio. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Okay, Kevin McCarthy just announced, just went up, that they're going to the, they're going to the um, border on Thursday. Um, going to take a, a, a bunch of freshman Republicans down there to get a complete tour on the border, maybe even do a presser down there to, to talk about... Uh, what we're doing to stop the invasion of the United States. Okay, we got all these investigations going. It's great, but we got to start chop blocking them on the money right now. The Holman Rule. We got to pull out all stops. The urgency is now. We have to stop this now. Particularly how they're gaming the system even worse. We're going to get to all these topics. Make sure you go to CPAC. We want to see you there. CPAC.org/slash/warroom. Forty-seven dollars off the ticket. General admission tickets under two fifty. Get you everywhere you want to go. Plus, it gets you into the live audience of the war room. We're going to be broadcasting there for all four days, nonstop. You know, main stage speakers, the breakout session speakers, our contributors. You're going to get to see everybody. And most importantly, we get to see you and you get to see us and meet. I think we talk to people. Then went to Turning Point in Phoenix and then went to, um, I guess, reverse. Went to Dallas first for CPAC and then did Turning Point. They loved it. And we anticipate that's going to be the same type of uh, great uh, group meeting. So we're looking forward to seeing everybody. org slash war room. Grace and uh, Captain Bannon will be pushing that in all the chat rooms. Um, Joe Allen, what did we just see right there, sir? Well, Steve, that was Alex Karp, CEO of Palantir, and also uh, former CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt. Uh, on the one hand, you have Alex Karp um, and his company, of course, it's really important to remember uh, Palantir was co-founded by Peter Thiel, and we've covered his views on AI and warfare quite a bit. But Palantir, uh, it's really in the last few months been coming out, uh, uses their software. They, they donated their software to Ukraine, and it has, has been integrated across their military. 
And of course, these sorts of things are always up for debate, but it seems pretty indisputable that the use of their software for battle, battlefield surveillance, target acquisition, and other purposes uh, has really been a big part of why it is such a small country would be able to fend off uh, such a large force like uh, Russia. There are other elements as well, of course, the weapons being sent by the West. Uh, you have the use of uh, Elon Musk's Starlink internet services for comms. Uh, but I think, you know, recently Palantir was featured and their role in Ukraine was featured in the Washington Post. And Alex Carr told them this, and I think it's very important. The power of advanced algorithmic warfare systems is now so great that it equates to having tactical nuclear weapons against an adversary with only conventional ones. The general public tends to underestimate this. Our adversaries no longer do. It's important to remember, too, that, of course, as CEO of a company, he's trying to project power. He's trying to, you know, hype his company. But I think when the, where the rubber hits the road in target acquisition, in battlefield surveillance, in analyzing vast amounts of data on an adversary, AI has proved to be extremely useful. As we've emphasized a lot, the power of AI is taking huge amounts of data and finding meaningful patterns in it. And it does so better than traditional rules-based software. Uh, then you take the U.S.-China kind of AI arms race that Eric Schmidt is talking about and the, uh, the kind of war over, the kind of cold war over yeah. uh, the advanced chips being produced by Taiwan. Yeah. And you have this multi-front AI arms race that could get really, really ugly, especially as AI is no, no. becoming more and more involved in decision making. We warned that we warned the, 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 we warned the um, audience about this. The worst number, and with some bad numbers coming out, the worst number I've seen is the absolute, the, the, the Chinese um, uh, uh, reaction, the consumer reaction and the company reaction to chat GPT, which is, you know, pretty rudimentary compared to what we're talking about. And they're just overwhelming. I'm telling you, the push for enhanced humanity is going to be overwhelming. Just remember the audience, we, and we're going to come up with how we can stop that. But the 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 response to it in China has been overwhelming. I want to go back to a couple of news items that are quite important for the Third World War, and that would mean you in Iowa and you in Kansas, in Chicago, in New York, in L.A., everywhere throughout the country. You're you're right now a combatant. Understand you're a combatant. The one thing you take away from this show is I am now a combatant in the Third World War. Okay, they're not flying that balloon, that airship over the United States, checking these bases and letting you know they could drop anything on you they want any time they want. Okay, they have no earthy idea. Comer mentioned it the other day. You could have a biological weapon in there. You could. I'm not saying they did, but you could. You could definitely have it. And look, it just it it, it trapes all over the United States. And have we had any response in this whatsoever? I'm gonna get to the alien thing in a second, but right now, on the, the New York Times reported that the American uh, military intelligence has been helping the Ukrainians target target the Russian army and particularly target field officer, field grade officers, target them with advanced electronics. That's us outside of the Ukraine battle space, but helping them target using AI. And Elon Musk, was it Saturday or Sunday? He just said, hey, on Starlink, I had that set up to give it to you guys for your telecommunications, but I never wanted to get into to, to, um, to targeting. 
right now. I believe that that is because he's underwritten by the CCP and the CCP is telling him, hey, bro, you're not going to help the Americans target the Russians because they're our partners. Uh, they're our allies. So this thing is getting gnarlier and gnarlier every second of every day. And understand you, this audience, are not only chairman of the creditors committee for this nation, for the full faith and credit. You are also now a combatant in the Third World War. Talk to me, because you do all the transhumanism stuff. We also make sure we stay on the alien stuff, all the information that. was. Did you find this weekend a little bizarre when a four-star general, Joe Allen, did you ever think you would hear in your lifetime, even though you're an aficionado of science fiction, a real life, not a movie, not Independence Day, but a real life four-star general who is the combatant commander to protect the United States militarily, Right, militarily in Northern Command would step forward and said, I can't rule out I can't rule out that what was shot down over Lake Huron and these other things are not alien uh, devices. Uh, Joe Allen, your thoughts. You know, these sorts of things, as far as uh, the, the disclosure in summer of 2020, uh, I, I, I don't have any hard opinions on even the existence of, of aliens and UFOs, but I do think that that narrative, that cultivation of the narrative is really, really important. Uh, if it is just simply a psyop to distract from the real issue of China or Russia sending surveillance balloons over the U.S. or other propelled surveillance craft over the U.S., um, then it, it really fits into a model of being able to kind of cultivate a mythology that detached from reality to keep people, to keep your heart rate going, right? But on the offhand chance, I mean, when we were covering this, you know, two years ago, um, I, there's no way for me to know if, uh, if, if UFOs exist unless one comes and gets me. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. But I, I do think that uh, this the, the, the integration of that into the narrative uh, is really, really important. The importance of it, I don't know. I suspect that it does uh, ultimately is a distraction from actual uh, adversaries like yes. China and Russia. But I, I don't have any way to evaluate oh, it. Oh, oh, it. It's also a distraction from the adversary of the administrative state. Let yeah. me be blunt. Right now in the weapon – right now in the – correct me if I'm wrong, but right now in the weapons labs of this country, Lawrence Livermore, Sandia, all the weapons labs, in the weapons labs of this country and in the research labs of the university, just where University of North Carolina was cooking up the CCP doing gain-of-function experiments on your nickel – under Fauci supervision, okay, at the at the esteemed universities in this nation, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, okay, they were cooking up gain of function, basically weaponizing uh, biology, you know, what they call it, doing directed evolution. How do you like that one? Directed evolution, doing some directed evolution, okay. Right now in the weapons labs, they're building the Antichrist. That would be this, the, the, not just the post-homo sapien, but artificial general intelligence. They're working on it right now. Now, they wouldn't call it that, but that is a – they want to get away from the whole narrative of what we're cooking up ourselves and other people too because it's an arms race now. Joe Allen, your thoughts and observations on that, sir? Well, to focus on AI – uh, AI has become remarkable in its ability to recognize the patterns necessary for gene editing, for things like directed evolution or gain of function or the production of various bioweapons. It allows scientists to do their experiments in silico and test 
millions of different possibilities theoretically before ever going into the lab, meaning that they can arrive at these bioweapons much, much faster. And then the article that I uh, put out last Saturday uh, detailing the, the role of artificial intelligence in warfare, one thing I'm really focusing on are these projects towards artificial general intelligence, where instead of having the AIs that exist today that do one single task really, really well, you fuse those together into a single flexible sort of brain, an artificial brain. So you've got DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency in the U.S. Uh, 2018, they announced they're going to be pouring money into thinking machines that are able to reason and have common sense. That would be moving towards artificial general intelligence. Uh, you have DeepMind, owned by Google. They are working towards artificial general intelligence. You have OpenAI, now a, a tight partner with Microsoft, working towards artificial general intelligence. And then over in China, you have Baidu and you have Tencent also working towards these. But because of their tight association or with their control by the CCP, you can be sure that the artificial general intelligence projects will be employed towards military purposes. Uh, there's a great paper in PRISM, which is a, a, a national defense journal. Uh, it's entitled New Generation AI Brain Project. I go into this in the, in the article. And they track all of the different top-level computer scientists and AI researchers who describe how and why China is also racing towards artificial general intelligence. Now, the title of the article, Countdown to Gigadeth, an AI arms race, uh, 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 from AI arms race to Artelect war, is looking at one of the darkest imaginations of what the future could be by a prominent transhumanist, Hugo de Garris, and his prediction that the AI arms race we see right now for things like control of large language models by OpenAI, uh, DeepMind, and so, so on and so forth, that that moves up to a military arms race. And when the, with the creation of an artificial general intelligence, you now have a system that could very easily slip out of human control, especially as it gains decision-making abilities. So that is an imagination of the future, but, I, you know, Hugo de Garris, he may be crazy. He's undoubtedly a mad scientist, no. but he's also a brilliant no. man. And I think it's well worth yeah. looking into his view on this if you want to see where no. at least some of these guys you, want this to you, go. No. You combine, you combine what Eric Schmidt said, talk about the compression of time in decision-making with what uh, Eric said. It's our – Goss, it's, it's – uh, it's, it's, uh, it is a window – into how they're thinking, decision makers are thinking of where this is all going to go. Joe, how do people, what are your coordinates? How do people get to you? Check out the article, Countdown to Gigadeth from AI Arms Race to Artelect War. You can find it at my site, jobot.xyz. Find it at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab or right at the top of my social media, Getter and Twitter, at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, Joe. What are patriots to do in the face of all of this? What patriots have always done? Engage. Okay, next. Ash Epps tells us how and why.
in Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want Download now. Okay, download Getter. You get the immersive experience of everything related to War Room, all of our contributors, and, of course, the uh, great staff that we have. Uh, Also, we're doing live chats all the time. I try to dip in and out of the chats all the time to give you my thoughts and analysis. So make sure you go totally free. If I can use it, you can use it because I'm a moron. I can download. I can actually post. You can do all that. And you'll really find community. You'll just have a great time. But your, Your learning curve will go like that straight up. And you will really enjoy it, really enjoy it. The technology is best, far superior to Twitter as far as technology goes. Um, make sure, by the way, MyPillow.com, promo code war, Mike Lindell put it all on the line for the nation on election integrity, also for his company to come with this technology. MyPillow 2.0, go check it out now. Just go to MyPillow.com, promo code war room. You'll see our square and you'll get the great deal he's offered us in our Viewers, buy one, get one free, one-time good deal. Go check it out today. That's MyPillow 2.0. It'll change the way you sleep. That we guarantee you. Ash Epps. Ash, you've done this incredible uh, incredible piece um, about uh, the grassroots versus the establishment and uh, about Team America. Walk us through, um, walk us through about what this, uh, you know, you call it the priceless right, that it can't be bought. Right, and its value is incalculable to the United States right now. Walk us through the the title, why you wrote it, and what does it tell us, particularly about Dan Schultz, Steve Stern, and the entire precinct strategy, ma'am. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. So I think it's really poetic that we're spending so much time talking about NORAD and World War III today because uh, the story takes place in El Paso County. El Paso County is the only county in the nation that's home to five military commands. Uh, including Cheyenne Mountain, which houses NORAD. So as you're speculating about the aliens, I'm wondering if they are trying to distract from the absolute massacre that they were handed on Saturday. In El Paso County, since January of 2021, the America First populists there have been engaging in the precinct strategy 
the uh, the the full swamp annex for the military industrial complex has fought back at every step of the way to the point where they formed a secondary Republican Party in this in the El Paso County and worked with the state GOP to attempt to uh, revoke the charter of the populist uh, party and hand it to this to this establishment group. Um, the, the, the piece is long. It, it goes through all of the moves and counter moves, but basically what it boils down to is that the America first populist engaged on the establishment's playing field with their rules and with their refs. And they absolutely slaughtered them. America first is the Republican party. And I'm not a Republican. I'm pretty antagonistic to the Colorado GOP. Um, very, very skeptical of the precinct strategy, but this two year journey that America first populists have been on in El Paso County, I was wrong. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be wrong about this. Tell us about that. What, what, what were you wrong about? Because a lot of people, and I hear this from all over the country, and we're going to try to get more participants on, they get in, they, they go to the precinct story, they sign up, they're so jacked up, and then they go and they meet immediately with the establishment, either at the county level or, or higher levels or even at their own precinct, and there's nothing but beatback. What doesn't the establishment like about more people coming engaged and actually bringing in more voters? Why do they hate this part of the movement more than they hate Democrats? Control. It, it comes down to control. The Republican Party likes to keep precinct roles vacant. They they like a small set of voting members that they can control, people that they can, you know, make make backroom deals with and and uh, bring about their agenda, not the agenda of the people, not really the agenda of the Republican platform, but the agenda of the donors and the consultants and the uh, the establishment class. So when precinct uh, when precinct strategy came about and, and Colorado was tip of the spear on this, we were we were putting people into those positions in January of 2021. Um, the the establishment fought back hard every step of the way. There's been in El Paso County in particular, there's been legal activity, there's been a full full court press. In the article there is actually a clip of the Colorado State GOP chair telling the establishment group that she was speaking to that they could file to become a new Republican Party and the state committee uh, would help them and and really speaking down against the Colorado GOP or the El Paso County Republicans. What's really interesting about this is is in that clip, uh, Chairwoman Burton Brown talks about how much money they had to spend in El Paso County to uh, to get out the vote. And what's funny about that is is of course they were they were spending that money like many other places across the country to fight the America First candidates to fight the America First populace. And once they did that and they got rid of the America First candidates, of course they lost because the Republican Party has zero credibility here. What lessons? We got about 90 seconds. Walk me through. We want everybody to go to the article, and I want Mo and Grace to put it up in all the chats, and I'm going to put it up on Getter later. What lessons learned? What what broader lessons can we take in this fight of populist versus establishment Republicans throughout the rest of the country, ma'am? 
Oh, absolutely. It's, it's don't give up. It's, it's the message of the war room. It's shoulder to the wheel, step into the gap and, and use your agency, use your uh, personal skills, talents, and passions to get in this fight. There are no NPCs in, uh, in the third world war, right? We're all combatants, <laughs> as you said, prior in the prior block, everybody's got to get engaged and get involved. And when you take blows in Colorado, we've taken blows repeatedly over and over and over again. When you take blows, you get back up and you get right back in the fight. That's the message of the El Paso County Republicans. You know, in Colorado, we're constantly screaming warnings to the rest of the nation because what happens here spreads. Um, but in this in this instance, it's an encouraging message that you keep fighting, you don't get up, give up and you will you will see victory. We're, we're more we're more than they are. Ash, we're, to- we're winning. We're winning. Ash, how do people get to you? What are your coordinates? Absolutely. Uh, Conservative Daily Podcast. That's Daily Dose of Sane on Twitter. We're live twice a day, Monday through Friday at 12 and 6, right after the War Room on Rumble and Lindell TV 2. I also co-host Why We Vote on Badlands Media at 5 p.m. on Tuesdays and Ash in America, Ash with an E on Substack and all the socials. Ash, honored to have you on here. Great work. Keep it up. Thank you. The Lessons of El Paso County. It's got uh, Cheyenne Mountain, but it's also got the populist movement. Okay, we're going to be back here from 5 to 7. We will be lit. Navarro's going to join me in the 5 o'clock hour. See you then. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.